muscle home up. Crank up those heels and tuck in those leg pants because it's cold out there. On the day of our recording, we actually, uh, there's some slick spots out on the road. So we're coming to your speakers via Zoom today. Uh, I still know Nate will be adjusting us um, in, in his head, in his mind. Our, I won't be able to stop myself. Yes. Uh, we've got an exciting show for you today with a guest appearance from Jacob DeVecchio, founder of the Oklahoma Fungi Company. Uh, he knows everything you need to know about foraging and growing your own mushrooms in the state. Uh, you know, unforeseen weather events might have forced us on a Zoom today, but there's one thing I can think of that was totally foreseen, and that is today's ad read brought to you by our lovely sponsor. You are called to be bold. You have a right to the best wireless service, high-speed internet, and customer service at a price you can feel good about. At Provado Wireless, we know this. That's why we put you and your community first. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. So y'all, it's winter. And one thing about winter is that my appetite, it goes into bear mode. I eat my family out of house and home. There's just no satisfying me. Um, so when we go to a restaurant and the server, uh, the server says, can I interest you all in some, I'm finishing the sentence. They don't have to finish the sentence. We've got uh, a basket of fried things and maybe a couple different kinds of queso already on the table. Uh, so I've assembled a panel of experts here to answer our question of the week, which is, uh, what is your favorite appetizer from an Oklahoma restaurant? So Nathan, how are you uh, starting the meal out for us? This was a mean question because there's so many. Like, oh, yeah. And this I've, is a very popular question, I have to say. Apps are my favorite part of the meal too. So like I oh, yeah. frequently make a meal. I do have a good appetizer. Right. Like, um, but I did, I did manage to pick three that I, I thought really hard and I managed to pick three that I've had recently that are really good. So the Tulsa club hotel in Tulsa has a restaurant called chambers and they have an appetizer that are pork belly pops. Ooh. So it's just these little squares of pork belly with like a glaze. Um, they are absolutely melt in your mouth. Good. They're so delicious. Um, sometimes I think it, Sometimes I think about driving 90 minutes to Tulsa just to eat them. Yeah. Uh, Parmesan risotto at Picasso in OKC. You can also get it as a side. That's a really good one. And that delivers well, too. So if you're Uber, if you're uh, Uber eats or dashing, that's a good one to have delivered. And then uh, the last one I thought about was green chili fries at Frank and Lola's in Bartlesville. Ah, yes. They do green chili better than anybody. And those green chili fries, seriously, I've had them as an, as an, as an entree. They're so good. Yes. It's a lot uh, like, more, though. I, I could have gone on forever. <clears throat> I like that you brought up the uh, delivery appetizers. That's my favorite way to get appetizers because... Uh, I mean, no one at this point, it's restaurants I love that don't deliver well. Like, they show up and it's kind of disappointing, right? But when yeah. you go, it's awesome. Like, And then there's some restaurants that deliver. It shows up perfectly. So Picasso yeah. is one of them. Uh, senior editor Carly Ibarra. Um, I just want to say uh, for the people who are worried about things not transporting well, the air fryer is definitely mm -hmm. a game changer. That is so true. Yes. Anything that's supposed to be crispy that arrives not crispy, you can make it crispy. So that's really great. Um, one of the things that doesn't need to go in the air fryer, however, even if you get it to go, is um, the fried deviled eggs from the local in Yukon. Like, oh. they're so, they're not good. They're not very fancy or anything, but they're just, it's just such a great flavor. And it's just like a really, I don't know. It just makes me think of Oklahoma when I eat them. 
<laughs> yeah. What could be more Oklahoma than a fried deviled egg? Oh, literally uh, nothing. And in fact, um, just a, a fried basket of insert uh, insert food item. That's a Green classic bean, Oklahoma staple. Okra. Yes. Skittles. Oh, you're getting ahead. You're spoiling my answer. Uh, Megan, what is your, what is your favorite uh, pre-meal item? Uh, well, I have two things from the same restaurant. At, I'm not sure if it is quite an appetizer, but the hot and sour soup at Lido is mm. just, I mean, it comes before the meal if you order the lunch special so or the dinner special. So I'm like, that seems like an appetizer to me. And it is the best hot and sour soup I have ever had. And I just love it. And then also their crab rangoons. Like I just, I am a, I'm a fanatic for crab rangoons. So Megan, have you been to Psy on May in Oklahoma city? Uh, -uh. it, they have amazing crab rangoons and they're like tubes and they have a ton of crab in them. Oh, I'm going to have to try that then. Cause I let me know when you go because I want to try that. Things. Huh? I said, let me know when you go because I'll totally go with you and try that. That sounds really good. What about you, Ben? Well, you know, I might be basic, but, and this is a classic Oklahoma thing. Uh, and you can find it at so many. Uh, well, my family always gets it at Earl's Barbecue, but just the, the basket of fried okra with the oh. ranch. Uh, you know what? It's hard to beat. It's hard to beat a basket of fried okra. That's a good appetizer. It really is. It's hard. And uh, one thing that no one um, brought up online, but uh, I think deserves mentioning is, um, and we have a story about this in our upcoming issue, is the Oklahoma tradition of free chips and queso. Yes. Uh, which you can find at so many great restaurants here. Um, no one responded with that. And I'm a, I'm a little disappointed because that is uh, once more, that's like the appetizer, the Oklahoma state appetizer. Yeah, we, we just assume, we just take it for granted. It's like the oxygen we breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Free setup is the air we breathe. <laughs> right. Yeah, my lungs are full of Oklahoma queso. Um, what did people say online that they were so, so busy things. coming up with that they forgot about free setup? So the number one answer, and I totally agree with them, uh, was the fried mushrooms at Hideaway Pizza. Uh, for example, Jennifer Cates uh, suggested that. So many people did online. And mm -hmm. I have to, I agree with them, but I also have to disagree because there's a variation on that. You can get the 50-50, which also has, uh, comes with, uh, the fried mozzarella cheese sticks. So, ah, yeah, that's always my move. You get a little, little bit of both worlds. Um, Pam Hodges said the shrimp cargo from Charleston's. Uh, I love that. That's one I really love. Um, that Charleston's dazzles me with the shrimp cargo. Has anyone had the S variety? The S cargo. When I was in I, France. Yeah, I I had it in France, and then once it's taken ale on the south side of Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. I've never had escargot. Is it good? It it's tasted not. like dirt. Yeah, yeah, it's not anything special. That's about what I would figure. Yeah. Oh, but the shrimp cargot is fantastic. I've never had an S, but shrimp uh, is um, S tier in my mind. Okay. Marissa Blurton's Dow, I hope I said that right, um, said lamb fries from Cattleman's. This was another popular answer, uh, another Wait. Oklahoma tradition. 
Michelle Swin said the Ranchero Nachos at Cafe Valare and Enid, Chef's Kiss. Oh. Hey, Cafe Valare is in our current issue. Yes, and I got to go there, and it is so delicious. Highly recommended if you're in Enid or the Northwest Oklahoma area, especially for brunch. Yeah. Um, for, former Oklahoma State Rep Joe Dorman chimed in. He said cheese fries from Eskimo Joe's in Stillwater. I mean, what more can be said, good, really? They have such good cheese fries. Yeah, they really do. Uh, we need a trip to Eskimo Joe's. We should think about that. Totally. I've never been there. You've never been there? What? Oh, oh I've never know. been there. Maybe we can get our clothes from Eskimo Joe's, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Maybe we can. I think there's we a lot. We can take a deadline lunch and go up there. Yeah. I know. I feel I feel like a, a faker. Take a moment that I've never been to. Oh, we'll make it happen. He's I keep poker. wanting to call it Trader Joe's, but <laughs> that's his other brother. We'll take you to Trader Joe's. <laughs> oh, you've been to Eskimo. That's his more adventurous brother. <laughs> or actually, an Eskimo is pretty adventurous too. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Katie's Don't Screech Owl. Disregard me. <laughs> Katie's Screech Owl said it's a toss up between the shrimp tempura at Rooster's Sports Bar and Grill in Norman, and the fried ribs at Kilkenny's Irish Pub. Yum. Mm. Those oh, sound delicious. Cool. I've been to Kilkenny's, but I haven't had the fried ribs there, so. Another one that showed up in our brunch story. Mm -hmm. That's Daily. true. A lot of these uh, these people really, that maybe they've read the issue already, and they were trying <laughs> to get on the show. Uh, Ray Brand had a lot of suggestions, but one of them was Oki Poutine from The Mule in OKC. Um, really they good. said the fry seasoning is outstanding. The cheese curds are fab. The awesome white gravy dumped on it. I drizzle on a little ketchup and go insane. I mean, the, the Ray sold it perfectly. He told us the whole story. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. if you're at the mule and you see someone with some ketchup, just hold on to something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ray might be going. Ray's about to lose it. Somewhere. I don't know. Uh, April Miller Rutherford. Suggested the duck nachos at Zanotti's Wine Bar and Stillwater. Oh, those are good. Yeah, those Stillwater are might be the appetizer capital of Oklahoma. It might, might be. Have to investigate that. Yeah, way to go, Stilly. Those are good nachos, though. A uh, friend of the show, Nathan Poppy, said, uh, "Just had the bonuts at Grill on the Hill. And the bonuts are a basket of golden fried biscuit holes tossed in cinnamon and sugar, and he says they they were lovely. He also says." Um, the wings at Pizzeria Gusto or the chili cheese nachos at Aishans. All, all good. Hey, uh, Nathan brought up a good point. Breakfast appetizers. This is not something that usually mm. happens, but what a great idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. Great. Did you guys know that Grill, Grill on the Hill is owned by the um, Sunnyside Diner people now? Yes. No, I didn't yeah, this I did true. hear that. I have not been there since they reopened under that new ownership. I'd be curious to, because I love the old girl on the hill. Yeah, yeah. Go. and I love, uh, I love bonuts, biscuit holes, tossing cinnamon sugar, uh, which are lovely. I mean, I've never had one, but I can't imagine I would not love them. Uh, for sure. Um, speaking of friends, our previous show host, Greg Elwell, chimed in. Uh, he said the jalapeno yellowtail at Masa Ramen and Sushi in, o in OKC or the cachapuri cheese bread from Bramble Breakfast and Bar in Tulsa. That thing is amazing. Uh, yeah. It's a think... boat made out of bread filled with cheese. Yes. And eggs. Yes. 
And that had been what was amazing. available to the um, poor, the poor people um, left on the Titanic. Well, they wouldn't be alive, but they'd be they'd have a happy. They'd have gone down happier. That whole thing. <laughs> I don't know. We can cut that out. I don't know. Yeah, get in the hatch of pearls. No, no, I, I like that. I, I like the idea that. Bail out some of this I'm chase and get it. Here. This is after a hurry. Yeah, if they were freezing anyway. in the ocean waters, they'd be like, man, that's some good catch furry. Um, and David Day says, uh, easy fried chicken skins at the ranch in Kayamichi, right on the river of the same name. The, uh, the restaurant, I guess, is uh, run by the uh, former chef of the governor's mansion. Um, so I haven't checked out the ranch in Kayamichi, but yeah, we're like check that out. Huh. Yes. Um, so we could probably go on for an hour reading these answers. Um, and there were so many great ones. Check it out on social media. You'll get a lot of great suggestions. Um, but let's go ahead and hear about the exciting world of Oklahoma mushrooms from our friend Jacob DeVecchio. All right. So we're pleased today to have Jacob DeVecchio, owner of Oklahoma Fungi. And uh, if you've already read our January, February issue, you've read the fantastic uh David Joshua Jennings story on mushrooms. And it, it mentions Jacob in the story. So Jacob, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm super excited to get the my copy of the, the magazine and look at it. It's super awesome to see that everyone's interested in mushrooms. I'm grateful to be here. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you for being on the show. Um, I had talked to you earlier when I was fact-checking the story and you mentioned that you had maybe some friends elsewhere who I guess got into uh, foraging or, or something like that. And is that sort of how you got into it or how did all this start for you really? Yeah. So I, I didn't grow up mushroom foraging. My family was what we'd consider mycophobic. So they were kind of against mushrooms, kind of weary of them, kind of the fear of the unknown. And A lot so, of people were that way. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, growing up that was, I didn't forage mushrooms. That wasn't something that I was typically out doing. I did spend a lot of time outside playing soccer and other sports but foraging was never something that I, I started doing. And this wasn't something I started doing until 2020 when we were all locked inside do, during quarantine, during COVID. Yes. And so I was looking at ways, what what could I do outside? What, what things could I find? And so ultimately that was when um, I got more interested in mushrooms, started cultivating mushrooms. And then I realized that I could actually grow the mushrooms that I could find out in my local woods. Mm. And that was what really piqued my curiosity because I, there was no one else in Oklahoma that was doing that. And it kind of inspired me in my own entrepreneurial journey to get into mushroom cultivation and education. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, other than actually gathering the mushrooms, um, what is it about foraging as a hobby that uh, like appeals to you or, uh, you know, what what do people how Why do people start to really get into it? Because I know they do. Yeah, so most people actually don't go out into the woods specifically for mushroom foraging. A lot, most people are on a walk or they're on a hike and they find mushrooms. Mm. There's there's a very few group of people who are uh, intentionally going out on hikes specifically looking for mushrooms in Oklahoma. So there's a couple here, a couple of groups here in Oklahoma City, uh, a group in Tulsa. There's not a lot of people who go out with those direct intentions for mushroom foraging. A lot of people are just outdoor nature enthusiasts. And so they're spending time outdoors. They know maybe some plants, maybe they don't know the mushrooms, but because they're already out there, that they're able to kind of um, 
study these new organisms since they're in the same place. And so I think that, you know, it's not something that people are going directly out there only to look at mushrooms. But when I go out foraging, I'm looking at the plants, I'm looking at the animals, I'm looking at the fungi. So I'm looking at everything. And that's, you know, on my foraging classes in my workshops and on my forays, that's what I encourage people to do is if you go out with such a narrow view looking for one specific mushroom, you're going to miss everything else that mm. that's all you. So to really be present in the moment on the trail is the best thing. To borrow one expression, uh, you know, miss the forest for the trees, you know, exactly. Yes. It implies here. Uh, is there, so what are some places in Oklahoma that you like to go to find mushrooms or just to be in nature? Yeah, so anywhere like in the Tulsa area, anywhere east or southeast of Tulsa is really great for mushroom foraging. The eastern part of the state that borders Arkansas, there's a lot of great uh, forests out there that have great relationships um, that have been untouched and they haven't been logged. And so that's really important when we think about mushroom foraging because a lot of these mushrooms form relationships with the trees and the other plants underground. And so those relationships, mycorrhizal relationships are really important to establishing a healthy uh, mushroom or organism that can fruit year after year. Mm -hmm. So In Oklahoma, a few of our local city parks and the state parks, you'll see mushrooms growing, but in these places, you're not technically allowed to forage. And so there are a few places that you are allowed to forage. Um, and those you can find on my website in the blog. There's not, there's only like two or three. And I, I, one of them is the Wichita National Forest. And another is the Chickasaw Recreation Area, National Chickasaw Recreation Area, I believe it's okay. called. Yeah. So these two places allow one five gallon bucket per person per year of mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter if it's, you know, a pound of this in January, a pound of this in March, a pound of this and so on. And once you hit that five pound limit, you're te not technically allowed to forage on the property. Okay. And so Interesting. In Oklahoma, we have a lot of private land. I think it's close to 98% of land in Oklahoma is privately owned. And so as foragers who need public land, who want to go out and explore these places, it, it's really limiting. And so, you know, I, I don't know, personally know anyone who's gotten a ticket for mushroom foraging, but they, you know, if the, there is someone out there and they, they might say something to you. So I always recommend... Right. Is following the local laws, checking in with the local state park office and making sure that what you're doing is legal. So that way you don't walk out with a, a fine. Yeah, I, I think it's good that you brought that up because um, that's a lot of I think a lot of people wouldn't assume that there were limits to that. They would yeah. probably just be like, hey, I found this on the ground or on a tree. I like can I just take it home. Exactly. Um, yeah, there yeah. are limits. And I've sent emails to the city of Oklahoma City, the city of Edmond, the city of Norman, asking these clarifying questions. If I find a mushroom at a public park, am I allowed to collect it? Right. And, and there's basically, as if it's for eating, no. Mm -hmm. And so the, the idea is that they don't want anyone uh, disrupting the natural environment. And they also don't want anyone going in there and commercially harvesting. And so right. say there was an area of a state park that had hundreds of pounds of mushrooms every year they don't want someone to go in there and be able to harvest those and then sell them yeah good point mm -hmm. but what's interesting is like a lot of the states surrounding oklahoma they have these hunt these mushroom hunting permits or these foraging education classes where you actually have to pass and get a certificate before you can sell to restaurants so that way a restaurant knows what your foraging is safe before they serve it to their clients okay yeah. And like for Oklahoma, um, the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Department, Department of Wildlife Conservation, they have a hunting permit. So you can go out and hunt all these different types of animals. Mm -hmm. 
hunting permit does not include foraging mushrooms. Interesting. So, yeah. Yes, there's some very interesting uh, legalities here in Oklahoma about foraging, and I get questions all the time: Where can I forage? Where can I forage? And I just tell people to be careful. And you know, I, like I said earlier, I don't know anyone who's gotten a ticket, but the last thing I want is for someone to hear this, go out foraging, and then yeah. walk out of the forest with a ticket. And no don't get in trouble on Oklahoma Today's account, uh, please. Like, st- stay stay legal if you can. Don't tell um, Oklahoma fungi told you to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what are so you already touched on the sort of um, foraging and like the educational uh, ex- uh, experiences that you all have. Um, talk a little bit about that, and do you have anything like coming up in the near future? Yeah. So uh, every last year, I did a total of sixty-eight education. Well, the, at the end of last year, it was sixty-eight education classes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm doing uh, close to three to five a month. Some months I'm doing close to 10 and it's like every other day. Some of these are in person uh, on the trail where I'm taking families out, showing them mushrooms, the poisonous ones, the edible ones, talking about the patterns that I'm noticing with trees or the mushrooms that are growing with those trees. There are other times that I lead cultivation classes where I actually teach people how to grow the mushrooms. And then there's other times where I go into more advanced techniques where I teach people how to find, like we go out foraging we collect a mushroom and then we go back to a clean setting and we actually take a piece of that tissue so we can regrow that mushroom at home. And that really gets people amped up because it's the same mushroom that they see growing maybe on their property. They can regrow indoors all year round. And so wow, that is that. And especially if it's a mushroom they love, they're really interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. So how can people, if they um, are interested in uh, signing up for one of these works and they find out more about that? Yeah, the best place to stay up to date with Oklahoma Fungi is our newsletter on our website, oklahomafungi.com. And you can also sign up or follow us on Facebook. It's, everything is Oklahoma Fungi, so facebook.com forward slash Oklahoma Fungi. I post a lot on Instagram as well, but if you want to stay up to date with the events, Facebook is the best place. But Instagram is being updated daily with content about mushroom foraging, education, and new product releases. Right. I'm going to make you repeat all that at the end of the interview, but I still have some questions to get yeah. to. Uh, so what are, um, I guess, the the risks associated with foraging? I mean, you don't want someone to just uh, start eating any mushroom they find outside, right? Correct. Yeah. You, there's, you never want to eat. When in doubt, throw it out. That's what mm-hmm. we say as foragers. So if you're not 110% sure what the, the idea of the mushroom is, it is not worth your life to eat it. And that's a real statement because in Oklahoma, we do have edible mushrooms, but we very much so have the poisonous mushrooms. And Mm -hmm. by poisonous, there are ones that will just upset your stomach and make you throw up on one side of the spectrum. And on the opposite, there's some mushrooms that all it takes is one mushroom in a meal to kill 10 to 12 people. Wow. There's very serious, uh, very serious results if you are eating mushrooms that you're not sure the identification of. And so you know, in Oklahoma, we don't have a Mushrooms of Oklahoma field guide. We have for Texas, New Mexico, Kansas, Arkansas, Colorado, all of the states that surround us have their own field guide. But Oklahoma has not yet had one. And so it's not until this year that I'll be writing our first one and uh-huh. release, hopefully by the end of March. And so right now, I have a list of 328 species that I know occur here in Oklahoma. And I now have to narrow those down to 60 species that are the most important and the most common that our citizens will find. Mm-hmm. So that way I can give them a book 
or a small slim guide that's not super overwhelming and that when they see a mushroom out in their front yard, they can learn and, and talk about what it is without feeling like they're opening up a dictionary book. Right. Yeah. That'll be exciting when that comes out. Yeah. It'll um, be our first, it'll be our first mushroom guide and I'm super excited to well, let to us know. We'll, and, we'll spread yeah. the word. Um, uh, so what are there any, I'm just curious, any sure signs of what a dangerous uh, mushroom might be, or is it just like, is there no way to tell or for a novice to tell? I don't know. Unfortunately, there is no way to tell, even for an expert, if a mushroom is poisonous by the way it looks or by where it's growing. And so if you're trying to use color as a for if a mushroom is poisonous or not, that just won't work. There are mushrooms that have every color in the rainbow. There are some mushrooms like the indigo milk cap that are blue that are edible. There are some mushrooms that are red that are edible. There are some mushrooms that are white that are edible and there are some mushrooms that are white that are fatal poisonous mm -hmm. and so it's not about color it's all about the aspects of the mushroom and so we talk about the cap we talk about the gills some mushrooms don't have gills and so it's all about the special characteristics of the mushroom and that's typically why mushroom identification is so overwhelming because we're not used to using these scientific terms to describe what we're looking at and comparing it back to a graph to say well is it this mushroom no, this mushroom doesn't have that shape of base. It has a different shape. And so, you know, there's right now, there's over a million species expected uh, for just mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's under 400,000 have been DNA sequenced. So there's still a lot of mushrooms, even in Oklahoma, that we don't know if they're edible, if they're poisonous, if they're hallucinogenic, or uh -huh. if they're nothing. Mm -hmm. And so right now, the, 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 and the guide that I'll be releasing, we have four categories. We have the edible, the non-edible, which is not just the ones that you can eat, but it's the ones that we're not sure about. Mm -hmm. and then there's the, poison, the poisonous, and then there's the hallucinogenic. So in Oklahoma, we have edible mushrooms, we have poisonous mushrooms, and there are mushrooms that can give you these adverse effects if you're not sure what they are. So always want to be 110% sure which mushroom you eat before you eat it. Right, for sure. Uh, which is why, you know, it's a good idea to sign up for uh, so maybe an educational tour or uh, get the book when it's ready. Absolutely. Um, so and then also, you know, there is an option you don't, uh, you can grow mushrooms uh, on your own. And you all actually on uh, Oklahoma Fungi, you all sell uh, the some of the or supplies you need to start growing your own, right? Yes, exactly. We sell everything needed for a brand new novice beginner to start growing. All you need is two products. One of them is what we call a Groceroom's Easy Kit, and the other is your inoculant. So, for example, if you look on my Instagram page or Facebook, I recently grew these beautiful pink oyster mushrooms, and all I needed was that liquid culture and that Groceroom's Easy Kit. People order that, it gets shipped directly to their door, or they can visit one of my 22 authorized retailers throughout Oklahoma. Okay. On my website, there's a locations tab, and you can see all the different cities listed with retailers that you can buy my products at. Mm -hmm. So you can order directly from us, get shipped to your door, or purchase from there. But we have everything needed for a novice to start or an expert grower who's looking to expand their operation. Yes, that's cool. I didn't realize you had so many retailers. That is cool. Yeah, it's it's really nice, and we're with our new mushroom gummies that we just launched. Those are really starting to pick up, and um, some of the local food co-ops and local uh, stores, boutiques, et cetera, are starting to carry those near the checkout. So I'm really excited to see how those do. Right. Talk. A, I, I'm just curious. Talk a little bit more about those gummies. Like, what what is uh, the idea there? 
Yeah. So the mushrooms, if you look at the studies behind what we consider medicinal mushrooms, so mushrooms that provide our bodies with benefits aside from the nutrients that they provide us, we're thinking about things that help affect our brain, our, our immune system. And so what we call these is medicinal slash functional mushrooms. So when I say that, I'm not talking about the psychedelic ones, medicinal mushrooms, as in the ones that we can eat, we can find at the grocery store, and get in our dietary supplements. Mm. And so these mushrooms that we grow, these mushrooms that we extract the compounds from, we put those compounds into gummies. And so we're taking all of the beneficial compounds from the mushroom and putting them into a gummy because the compounds are much more concentrated inside of the gummy than they are when you eat the mushroom fresh. Mm -hmm. So when most people are reading the studies or they're reading online about the benefits of lion's mane or the benefits of cordyceps or turkey tail or reishi or a lot of these other great medicinal slash functional mushrooms, they're not taking into consideration that these mushrooms are oftentimes concentrated in these studies and mm -hmm. then given to the patients. Wow. Yeah. And so when you eat a mushroom fresh, you're not going to get the same benefits from that the patients were receiving in the study because you're not receiving the same thing. Yeah. Ultimately, if you're looking for the benefits of lion's mane, eating it is going to help, but you're going to want to eat a lot of it or freeze dry it or dry it in a dehydrator, put it into a capsule or extract it and then take a tincture. So ultimately what we try and provide is a wide range of products for people who are interested in gummies, people who are interested in tinctures, or they just want to grow the mushrooms to eat them at home. Yeah, the gummies make it a lot more convenient for some people. Absolutely, especially for, for those who are looking for the benefits of the mushroom without having to take a tincture personally. Sometimes tinctures upset my stomach because a lot of them alcohol-based. And so that is something that if you're recovering, if you're in sobriety, that's not also not something that you want to take every morning, whereas yeah. a gummy is it's a great alternative for you. Yeah. And it tastes good. Uh, how challenging is it to grow uh, mushrooms compared to like uh, a potato or like a tomato or something? Like, is this a, a challenging thing to grow? So the 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 reason that I called my product Grow Shrooms Easy is because there's only four steps. It's <laughs> incredibly easy. You like if I were to send you the, the 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 kit, essentially you'd get a grow kit, a brown bag with soil amendments, and then you'd get a syringe with the inoculant. So you would inject the inoculant into the bag and at, over a course of two weeks, it'll start to grow. You'll then cut a tiny hole in the bag and mix it up and reseal with tape. And over the course of the next month, it's gonna fill up that entire bag with white mycelium. Once that bag is white, you cut an X in the side and you mist it every day with a little bit of purified water, distilled water, and fresh mushrooms grow out. So ultimately, this is something that people are buying. Like I'm fruiting some on my kitchen counter. Mm -hmm. So you don't need a special grow room. You don't need anything special. You just need room to put a, a three pound block and some space to actually let the mushrooms grow out of. So nothing against a wall. And then make sure that you're spraying your mushrooms and they'll grow. I mean, it really is incredibly easy to grow mushrooms. And when you compare it to plants, plants take a lot more time. And they also require the sun for energy through photosynthesis. Mm -hmm. Whereas fungi, they don't require that. They actually get all of their nutrients from their substrate. Mm -hmm. So when you inoculate that grow kit, that grow kit already has everything you need aside from the water once you start spraying it. Yeah. So we try and make it as easy as possible for beginners who've never grown mushrooms, but they want to start eating them or they want to see the process. So it's foolproof even for a brown thumb like myself, or maybe brown yes. thumb is good and mushroom terminology i don't know 
Yeah, honestly, it's the color of dirt, and that's you know mushrooms grow. So honest, I think you'd you'd have a great easy success with growing mushrooms. The All right, thing. cool. Well, I'm excited. I'm gonna get one. Um, yeah, we'll definitely connect. I'll, I'll get okay, cool. Um, I have another question. Most most restaurants and grocery stores, um, if you get something mushroom from there, it's mostly like the white like cremini uh, mushrooms, um, and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but I. Are there any mushrooms out there that you think are like especially delicious that more people should know about? Like I know the um the like the morel mushrooms, a lot of people go yeah, crazy. Morel, yeah, yes. Morels, yeah. Morels are probably the number one uh, mushroom eaten in Oklahoma in March and April. So this is a mushroom that grows only one time a year, really, in one season. And that's because it takes the soil temperatures warming up, along with these mycorrhizal relationships with oak trees, elm trees, ash trees, redbud trees. And so it's a certain temp, it's when the soil warms up from 50 degrees to 60 degrees, there's a sweet spot right around 55. And that's when you start to see a lot of these morel mushrooms grow. And not only are they delicious, but they're also expensive. Mm, so you, yeah. you go out and you forage them, you can take them to a local food co-op or you can sell them on Facebook for anywhere $25 a pound to $40 a pound fresh. So it's really worth your time to go out foraging. Every year I get out foraging, I get some for my family, and then I take some to the market to sell to help cover my gas expenses. Mm -hmm. So uh, the morels, they're like uh, Pokemon cards that grow out in in the wild. That's good. You're exactly right. Yes. It's, it's something that as cultivators in the U.S., it hasn't really picked up on a commercial level. Mm -hmm. Now, Denmark, China, Japan, and Korea, there are, there are companies that are exporting these morel mushrooms, but they're a different species. So the morels that we have in Oklahoma, the main one that we find is Morcella Americana. And this one is in particularly hard to grow and recreate in the natural environment and get it to flourish. Whereas the ones that are cultivated in Asia are a different species and are much more adaptable to their environment. Okay, that's interesting. Um, aside from the morels, if you don't mind, I, I want to talk yeah, about lion's mane. This is a delicious mushroom. It is also a medicinal slash functional mushroom that has been shown to help promote neurogenesis, which is the basically the protection, our myelin sheaths that protect our neurons. It helps to regenerate those and mm. keep those lasting, which helps with memory. And so for those who are interested in memory, who are interested in focus, this is a great mushroom, whether you're eating it fresh or you're eating it in my mush love gummies or a capsule or a tincture. These are great mushrooms that you want to incorporate, especially if you're looking for those aspects. Yeah, so for cognitive health, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And another mushroom that's just delicious on its own and you can prepare it in many different ways is oyster mushrooms. This is a mushroom that you can find abundantly for, uh, all throughout Oklahoma, even in Oklahoma City, and you can prepare it many different ways. And so I think it's a great mushroom for beginners to grow. It's the one that I grow, the one that I recommend that you start off with. It's easy to grow and it tastes delicious and it's a great way to start your foundation. And if you want to grow lion's mane from there or a different mushroom, we have all the options available for you on the website. Cool. Uh, I just have one last question. Uh, unfortunately, this is uh, audio format, so people can't see uh, Jacob's shirt, but you have the, the great logo of the Oklahoma fungi on your shirt. Just a cool mushroom guy. I just wanted to know, like, where did the logo come from? Yeah, so on, honestly, the, it all started because there's so many people that judged me for liking mushrooms. As soon as I had brought up that I was, you know, going out foraging or that I was starting a company with mushrooms, everyone thought I was talking about psychedelic mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Everyone thought I was growing psychedelic mushrooms, selling psychedelic mushrooms. As soon as I mentioned that I owned a mushroom company, 
And so that is not what I do. That's actually the complete opposite of what I do. I take families outdoors and I teach them about plants. I teach them how to grow mushrooms. I'm not, I'm not in that realm of things. And so ultimately the logo, in my opinion, was the perfect way to portray what I do. And so I wanted to take something like mushrooms that people were typically afraid of or not really sure of, kind of unweary of, and I wanted to make them happy and I wanted to make them interested. And so I had a graphic designer They took the most common mushroom in the world, the Amanita muscaria. It's the one that's on our keyboard emoji. If you have an Apple iPhone, Mm -hmm. that same mushroom, we put a peace sign on it and we put a really big smile. So that way people knew that it was a happy mushroom, that it was a peaceful mushroom spreading love. And it's not a psychedelic mushroom. And so that these there are people who, you know, even though it is about peace and love, that doesn't mean that it's about psychedelic mushrooms. This is all about getting people outdoors in tune with nature and spending time with their families. Yes, uh, that that's a friendly mushroom uh, guy, fellow. You, you can't can't argue that. Uh, just one more time. Just tell people uh, how they can find Oklahoma Fungi uh, social media website. Thanks. Yes. So OklahomaFungi.com. Facebook is Oklahoma Fungi. We're also on uh, YouTube. If you want to learn more about mushroom foraging, I actually take my GoPro out on all my foraging adventures. I have over 130 YouTube videos teaching people how to grow, teaching people how to forage. So if you're really interested and you're you're not accessible here in Oklahoma City to come to a class, there's tons of information on my website and on my YouTube channel. Once again, that's youtube.com forward slash at Oklahoma Fungi. I'm also on TikTok, Oklahoma Fungi, X.com. I'm on Reddit and anything else most likely that has to do with social media. Just type in Oklahoma Fungi and it should pop up this cute little red logo. Yes. Yeah, they'll love the logo. I promise you'll love the logo. Look it up. Uh, well, Jacob, uh, he knows everything there is to know about mushrooms in Oklahoma. We're glad you were on the show. Uh, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I'm super glad that the the mushroom festival that we hosted last year was able to spark a really big interest in Oklahoma. And this next year, when we host the second annual Oklahoma Mushroom Festival, it should be much bigger. Everyone's going to be listening to this, hopefully, and reading the magazine. So I'm very excited to see everyone at the upcoming festival. Yeah, there's a lot of momentum. Let's keep it going. Keep the momentum going. We're going to spread the mush love. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Jacob. I appreciate it. No problem at all. Have a good night. All right. Well, that was Can I a, make a great... confession when it comes to that story. When uh-huh. David Jennings uh, wrote this feature about mushrooms for yes. our, and I almost rejected it. I was like, mushrooms really gross. <laughs> and it was such a good story. It was. Yeah. yeah. Like there's so many different kinds of mushrooms that come from Oklahoma that you can eat. It's, it's really so... interesting because, um, you know, mushrooms, you kind of lump them in with the other veggies, but it's not, it's not the same thing. And you, when you think about, you know, where are these mushrooms coming from? that I eat all the time. Um, I don't have a lot of answers for that, or I didn't before I read the story. Yeah, I'd never thought about it. Um, but speaking of appetizers, one that didn't make it into that story was that at Big Biang Theory in Oklahoma City in, the, in Film Row, they have an appetizer that's fried in oaky. Oh. Yeah. It's delicious, it tastes like a blooming onion. Wow. Ooh. Yes. Only better, it's really good. So uh, I love that place. Uh, yeah. You got to go recently, right? I did, I, Greg, we had a great time. Yes. Um, all right, so it's once again time to plumb the depths of TravelOK.com um, for our pod vents. And I think I'll go ahead and start us out. Do it. So I'm not known as a huge country music fan. Uh, actually, I was shocked to find out that uh, John Rich and Johnny Cash were not actually the names of rappers. <laughs> but 
even today, even though I can't tell my Brooks and Dunn from my flat and Scruggs, every now and then I'll surprise you. And my friends, I am excited about what's going on this week at Oklahoma City's Paycom Center. Tahlequah's own Turnpike Troubadours have shows this Friday and Saturday, both starting at 7 p.m. Now that short residency would be exciting enough on its own. The band will also be joined by Jason Isbell and the 400 unit as openers. Uh, Isbell might not be a native Oklahoman, but he does have a song titled King of Oklahoma and did score a role in the Oklahoma filmed uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which came out recently. Uh, both groups dropped killer albums this year, A Cat in the Rain for Troubadours and Weather Vane for the 400 unit. For fans who value heady and heartfelt lyricism, well, heck, you probably already know about them. The best thing I can tell you is that seats are absolutely still available, starting at $55. Since the shows are this week, though, you should definitely act fast because uh, they won't be open for long. To claim your seats, call 1-800-653-8000 or visit paycomcenter.com slash events. Uh, Turnpike Troubadours have come a long way since, like, the tumbleweed and still water. So yeah, now I've got two yeah. nights at the Paycom, which it's been, been really cute. fun watching them them come up. I love Jason Isbell, but after Killers of the Flower Moon, like I kind of no. can't face for a minute. Like he was yes. such a, he was so off. Like his character in that movie was so awful. You know, I'm a little surprised he took the role, but uh, good on him, I guess, for doing that. It was <laughs> an opportunity, I guess. Yeah. Uh, who would like to go next? I'll go. All right. Thank you, Carly. You're welcome. I'm always happy to share fun events with our Who'd listeners. Who'd like to share? <laughs> Cotton may be the fabric of our lives, but wool is definitely the fiber of the soul. Since 10,000 BCE, humans have relied on the antibacterial, biodegradable, and hypoallergenic fleece to keep them warm, but not too warm. I would imagine ancient people especially loved its moisture management and odor resistance since bathing regularly wasn't yet a thing. <laughs> But it isn't just wool's utility that makes it a central part of our story. Making things with our hands, practicing a craft that allows for individual expression, and learning not just to use animals, but to really care for them may be some of our highest callings. January 18th through the 20th at Shepherd's Cross in Claremore, the Fiberfest weekend retreat is the perfect opportunity to learn the skills of our ancestors and perhaps find a cool new hobby. The experts on hand will teach participants washing, dyeing, felting, weaving, and more. By the end of the retreat, you'll have a beautiful new object you made yourself to show off and a heap of sheep know-how. Registration is $267, and you can either call 918-342-5911 or visit shepherdscross.com for more info. Um, it's totally worth it, though. You will be basically an expert in wool by the time you finish that retreat. So have so many great really classes fun. there. Uh-huh. And think of all the things you could make yourself. No more buying hats. No more buying mm -hmm. socks. You'll save easily $267. <laughs> Well, Christmas presents on Christmas presents alone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah what totally. was it? Heap heap of sheep's what what was that heap, phrase? Heap of sheep know-how. Yes. Now that now this is from the master of like Carly is the master of turns of phrase, but that was that another was level right there. That was. Yeah. Uh Nathan, do you have an event for us? Uh yeah, no, I do. Uh let's see. So it's the new year, which means that half of your if you're if you've been watching TV, half of your television watching time 
is dedicated to nothing but commercials for gyms and Nutrisystem. Just gyms and Nutrisystem all day long because January 1st always means we're all going to magically ditch our decades of bad habits and thought patterns and instantly become Instagram models this year. I don't know about you, but I've staked my entire financial future on this. Uh, so maybe like me, you're turning over a new leaf this year or just continuing a long-standing fun hobby. But if you're up for some running, look no further than go short, go long, go very long at the Tulsa River Park system on January 20th. This race gets its name from the fact that participants can choose anything from a relatively easy and flat 5 or 10K to a more hilly and challenging 25 or even 50K race if you've really got something to prove or that high school reunion is in February and you've got to lose 30 pounds by then. Every racer will receive a t-shirt, a post-race food and beer, and a medal, so get ready to kick those New Year's resolutions right in their tail. For more information, call 918-492-3338 or visit fleetfeet.com slash s slash tulsa that's fleetfeet.com slash s as in sam slash tulsa mm. that is a uh i don't you don't normally hear about the winter uh 5ks but they happen yeah yeah that's it's hard to be a runner in oklahoma the weather does not want people it does running. not cooperate where's the uh where's the treadmill 5k <laughs> sometimes you'll get a random like nice like 50 degree day with no wind in the winter so maybe the maybe they'll get lucky those I are my so. favorite two and a half days that we have every time i don't run if it's under if it's under freezing and usually if it's under 40 yeah no that's a good rule of thumb i think so uh, uh megan what is your event oh yeah um <laughs> forgot about that well, all the world's a stage, and the city of Enid is no exception, particularly from January 20th to the 28th, when the Gaslight Theater will present Shakespeare's beloved comedy, As You Like It. Uh, this famous play it was first performed around 1600, and it gave us some of Shakespeare's most famous lines, like, The fool doth think he is wise, but the wise man knows himself to be a fool. And love is merely a madness. And then, of course, all the world is a stage. Um, that is a very famous speech. But audiences will follow protagonist Rosalind into the forest of Arden as she flees from her uncle's court and ultimately finds love in the woods, like so many of us. For more information, <laughs> visit gaslighttheater.org. That's good. Uh Shakespeare's a really hot writer right now. Uh, doesn't he have a, a podcast, I think? I think she's having a moment. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, I blanked out. Oh, Shakespeare has a podcast. That's all he oh. Yeah. Um, um, that'll... <laughs> finding love in the woods. Talk about Tinder. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that was, that was, that was good. I, I wish see the face that I'm making at myself. Just <laughs> Uh, well, it's time for me to name uh, the star of the show for today, and I'm giving it to uh, mushrooms, fried or otherwise. All the kinds Derby. of mushrooms. And there's a lot, yeah, except the ones that will kill you. Uh, can, I, can, I name a, can I name a runner-up? Yeah. Artemis. Ooh, yes. The listeners can't see Artemis, and that's too bad for them because we've been quite entertained throughout the day was artemis that having some like attacking the camera earlier i couldn't tell Charlie's so, dog listeners who we can who we're watching clean herself right now it looked like there was an earthquake going on on carly oh that was my other dog Minnie, uh, uh demanding that i play tug of war with her <laughs> that's why the computer was shaking 
Well, uh, she's invited to the next podcast recording. What's up, Artie? The office. <laughs> well, I'll play Take the War. Uh, well, listeners, if you like the show and you still can't get enough, head to OklahomaToday.com to pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to OKTPod at TravelOK.com. We'll talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine, the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunter, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song, editing, and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye. Bye. I'm going to go into the woods and find some love. That's what we're all going to do.